This is JL Beto, and you are listening to the Zeroed In podcast. Sit back, relax, and zero in. Amiri, welcome to an episode of Zeroed In. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, and yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad to be here. This is a tight setup you got. Thank you know, you, thank you. It's, how it's are new. you doing? You know, uh, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, I'm just um, you know hanging in there with finals and all that. True. Um, by the time this comes out, you know, we'll be in summer vacation, but. Um, yeah, honestly, I'm just looking forward to that, and yeah, I mean, a lot of things are coming to an end, but I mean, it's, it's sort of like an exciting moment, but also kind of like a little sad at the same time. 100%. Yeah. Um, well, I want to sort of start off with talking about the work that you do, um, which centers around social justice, activism, and BIPOC sensitivity. Um, so you can, can you talk about a little bit about how you kind of got involved in that? Yeah, so uh, when I was born, actually, <laughs> you know, I was... Both young brown people, we understand how it is to live out mm-hmm. here. I want to make it as comfortable as a place where everyone can flourish, everyone can thrive. I have, I'm a foster brother registered in the state of New York and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So my family is a big foster family. May it be, you know, cats, dogs, birds, people. We're always having people over, even if it's not like genuine fostering. My mom's just like a community organizer, yeah. you know, she's making meals for the community. Um, so, so yeah, my mom's my hero. She's Puerto Rican. She's from the Bronx and she ended up going to BU and coming back to New Jersey with me and we started this life and just watching her and watching the life that she made for me uh, and watching all the people that she affected and having all of their experiences and all their stories season me. It's made me into a person who sees this as an essential part of human society, people who want to do this work and people who want to get other people to do this work as easy as possible so other people can do other work, but also see the importance in activism and social justice and seeing the importance that the worst off people, the little guy, that they are the most represented and that they are also, you know, seen and Mm -hmm. cared for. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. That's that's so like amazing that you're, you have like that role model in your life. Um, I think it's so important um, to have that, and um, the fact that she inspires you to do this work is amazing. As the student um, experience senator um, for the Student um, Government Association here at Emerson, and mm-hmm. also you're the chair of the student union. Um, how do you, like, first of all, describe your role in both of those, and also. How do those um how does your involvement in both of these organizations sort of like intersect? Yeah, so I am the chair of admin communi- I'm in a lot of roles in the student union, so I don't blame you. I'm the chair of admin administration communications in the student union, which means that I reach out to admin whenever we have any issues, we need to schedule a meeting. Mm-hmm. Obviously we have a lot of issues and we need to schedule a lot of meetings. Oh yeah, we're gonna get into those. So yeah, I'm glad. And so I kind of facilitate those meetings. We work together in the union, so I'm not like doing it by myself, right. making sure that we're hitting all of the points. Administration, when you're dealing with a union, um, speaking to you from the chair of administration communication, there was going to be that tipping point where they stopped being cooperative with us and they started to see us as adversaries. I believed we have approaching or slowly falling off of that tipping point as we have mobilized more students to sign this union drive to say, yeah, I mean, we are student workers. I mean, we are student tenants. I mean, we're half of a contract that costs upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars and all of us are getting shorted. So if we have a common problem, then we need to have a common, a collective 
goal a collective Mm -hmm. solution that comes into collective bargaining which is what a lot of unions fight for they want a seat at the table of decisions because they need us this college doesn't run without the students 90 percent of all of the profit that they make is off of our tuition would it be like that if students had a say on how high their tuition would be no and or or maybe we would have a thing where our Title IX services, our staff people there aren't having such a high turnover. Maybe they aren't getting paid as trash as they are, um, which is under the yeah. uh, medium for their job. Maybe we'd have more than one to two to three people working there. That's all for safety reasons. We need to have more people working that Title IX department. Oh, this yeah. is a college. Yeah. People are living door to door with each other. And it's important that we have that safeguard there. Similar to the mental health services. Mm-hmm. You could really fall into some if you're not taking care of your mental health. And on campus, if you're going to charge us upwards of hundreds of thousands of dollars to sign up for only four classes a semester, then the you need to make sure that we can focus on that education. Right. Um, We can't focus on that education because they don't provide us with the resources that a human being would need to stay here and to live here. We are not associated with the previous Emerson Student Union, but, you know, obviously their fight is ours. And they had a fight for marginalized communities of the school, and so do we. We're standing Mm -hmm. up against privatized education. We're standing up against tuition hikes. We're standing up against student debt. We're standing up against people getting pushed out of higher education. We're We're standing up against the fact that people can be in a collective contract so big as education that determines so much of your life, even though I had someone say to me that I could learn all of this um, on the job, which I thought was kind of funny. You could learn this in a week of training, which I thought was really funny. But having a college degree and being educated is so important. So important. And it's being held out of reach of so many people. It's being teased in front of people and people are being scammed out of it by this very progressive institution at the end of the day like i'm happy that i'm able to be a student's experienced senator to advocate for um the students advocate for my class of 2026 you know i got y'all um but at the end of the day we we did a lot of good things how do you usually approach people that have like differing views from you like people that disagree with you like how do you usually approach those conversations i have a few conservative friends i could think of like i said it's hunger game districts out here so it's act it's funny what we're even arguing about it seems like we're all arguing about what the best course of action for revolution is they're like they're like no guns okay like let's think about the gun argument right the gun control argument you know democrats the stance is no guns the more guns there are there's more issues and stuff like that that's an interesting argument um because obviously look at what the fbi does like um fred hampton who was a revolutionary thinker who had the rainbow coalition Mm -hmm. so this rainbow coalition was actually a group of confederates so they had the confederate flag but then they had like a black panther logo as well but they were saying like yo we're from the south we are victims of state violence we stand with our black brothers so you know conservatives neo-nazis there's a growing amount of those people coming out and protesting well you know the kkk is a niche created by the United States government. Whenever labor unions in the early 1920s started springing up, then, you know, divisive language. They would never ever put out um, anti-union ads. 
they would put out anti-black ads mm. because they knew that to keep this class weak and to keep them divided and to keep them profitable and keep them as close to robots as possible and not human beings with families or lives or, you know, we don't need to pay attention to them. All we need to do is make sure y'all are treated like shit, but y'all are treated a little shittier. And we need to make sure that every action that you have in rebellion to us looks like it's a rebellion to them. And at the end of the day, like, obviously, it's still an effective thing because what we're seeing right now is an uprising in neo-Nazis, the modern day KKK reappearing. I literally just opened my phone and saw that shit again. Yeah. How do I deal with those people again? Uh, they're, they're looking at us acting like it's our fault for advocating for their well-being mm -hmm. um i was talking about the gun control argument the democrats say that you know we need less guns we need um you know this amount of regulation on them to make sure that people don't go insane with them we need to focus on mental health like let's not leave that out of that discussion let's That's not so leave important. the patriarchy and racism out of the discussion mm -hmm. that ends up with these situations of these hyper isolated individuals coming out and doing these horrific acts um because that's they're serial killers you know there's modern day serial killers um running around um and you know conservatives defend the right to bear arms because to up to face a tyrannical government well first of all their ar-15 is not doing anything to a uh like there, there's like a hundred of conservatives with AR-15s pointing at like one piece of U.S. artillery, not even operated by a real person, operated by some AI that they created to do that specific task, mm. and they're losing. Um, but the argument that we ought to have guns because we don't feel safe in our own government. I could get behind that because super radical left people also want to arm up. Super, super radical right people want to arm up because we see ourselves as uh, insurgents against this government that shows over and over that it doesn't care for us. Mm -hmm. The climate change situation in the United States is horrific. The healthcare situation, the racism situation, the education situation. Um, these are all just... The quality of life situation, let's say that, um, is a problem in the United States that people are seeing and they're ta they're having us take it out on each other. Yeah. And people are like, no, we need less guns. No, we need more guns. Um, I'm just like, hey, man, y'all are arguing against like how to take care of the same issue. And it's the top 0.01%. I don't advocate necessarily for killing anyone um, to have a really naive perspective where you think that you know we're gonna get world peace we're gonna get socialism we're gonna get a radical revolutionary thought without arming ourselves up and without being a threat um super naive because the world is a horrible place um but this is a revolutionary this is a worldwide international i mean to say movement of people are like we don't want imperialist wars anymore and we need to raise the consciousness of the humans on this planet through modern day education through healthcare, through raising the you know uh quality of life for them and showing them that that goes hand in hand with saving the planet that that's that's such a great message that we have and it's going to meet opposition by big corporations because there's a small amount of people who want this and want that um so that's the kind of the conversation that i'm thinking about is like they have these private police because that's what police do they don't uphold law and order um the police are violent the police are overly violent the police are racist the police throw people in jail and then have them do modern day slavery 
um because we know that they have free labor most of the desks made in a lot of new york schools are made from people in prison mm -hmm. which is why the emerson prison initiative is such a beautiful thing because you see the documentaries they put out they're laughing they're happy the professors make it a point not to look up their students before they get them in class so that they just have them as a student and it's not you know whatever they did yeah. um it's it's like that that type of liberating experience is beautiful imagine if we had a real education that was allowed people to be m even more critical of the status quo because that's what we're paying for here you know be critical of the status quo and then join it and then say fuck it you know try your best um so how do you how do you measure um sort of like the impact um of like this activism and sort of like how do you track the progress um of everything that's happening um like you know everything that you're doing and everything that's um i guess progressing if that makes sense yeah um so how do I track the progress of the movement, the impacts that it's having? It's really, it's not hard to say, but I also like to have the resources to like look into everyone's minds and to see in their computers who's talking about us. But people are reacting like uh, we didn't talk a lot about Arif Side Faisal yet. Yeah. Um, the 20 year old UMass Boston student who is executed by the police for ha uh, having a mental health crisis. The police responded to the scene. They turned off their body cameras. So we have a blatant lack of evidence, um, which is why, you know, them saying that, oh, we're going to get body cameras. That doesn't stop police brutality. Um, there's more evidence out there. Have the names of the officers been released not yet? yet. No, nope, not yet. Um, they denied all four of our demands when we went to go meet with city manager Huang. Um, since this is going to be uh, released after the fact, mm -hmm. I'll say that we have more actions planned. They're opening it up for public comment. Okay. Um, they do these things whenever we went to the city count, uh, council meetings, the Cambridge City Council meetings, mm -hmm. to speak about Reefside Faisal, to speak about the measures that we have, to speak about a new era of policing where we have a more of a focus on rehabilitation, more of a focus of understanding what causes crime understanding how do we apply that to practice demilitarizing them so they don't respond to scenes with heavy ass artillery mm. and maybe that that definitely goes hand in hand with demilitarizing um you know the population and just making sure that the the fights that we're having are just minimalized anyways this new era of policing that we want to discuss is not some far-fetched thing and the cambridge city hall they they are investigated by a bunch of police that do their their own situation um so the third party people that they had investigate this are a bunch of police that you know how the police are they have such a strong unionized it's a good old boys club they're supported by um, you know, big, big vetted corporations who want to sell them more guns and bigger tanks and want to make these communities worse so the crime increases. Um, all this to say is that we're, we're standing against that in the Reefside Faisal movement and saying, y'all are so militant and y'all are so brutal that y'all pull up to scenes, y'all start firing away, stray bullets kill people, stray bullets hit people. Y'all are doing high-speed police chases through our neighborhoods. Sometimes people crash and die. Y'all are taking it too damn far. Y'all are being, y'all terrorizing our communities, going around harassing people, stopping and frisking people, mm -hmm. pressing people for the, simply the color of their skin or the texture of their hair. 
Um, but, you know, we have a very progressive city with a lot of resources. They are fighting against us. But you know what? All of a sudden, all of these policies, such as body cameras, such as mental health people going along with the police officers, such as all of this other stuff, um, such as a new branch of the Cambridge City Police Department that is not well-funded. So it's kind of like EPI in that way. Yeah. Um, but it's not well-funded. But now it exists. All of this um, which is what public safety committee all of this exists all of a sudden uh, not because of us though just because they decided to do it even though it's been sitting on the table for two years since 2020 or three years so all of a sudden now these things are being put into motion and we're all watching and now the city's watching and now mm -hmm. people are driving by like yo people are still outside Cambridge City Hall for this 20 year old who did all the right things right so that's like that's that's one way. Obviously, Emerson College gave us concessions in the form that they canceled the 16,000 charge on the first years. Now this beer garden, the narrative they're spinning on it is that it's going to pay for students and that if you perform there, you can get a $75 gift card, which is definitely a way of putting money, putting power back into the pockets of the students. $75, bro. I'm going to go up there and say one joke of stand up for the entire week. <laughs> they're going to gonna pay yeah. for my DoorDash. But but I'm telling because the dining hall food here is like we're privileged to have a lot of uh, healthy looking stuff. Um, but there are still a lot of complaints and there's still reports of, you know, rats and mice. Someone found a cricket in their food the other day. And then someone looked at me and said, hey, that's how you know it's fresh. Um, but, but I <laughs> was just protein, like, I guess. more <laughs> protein. It wasn't a salad, but that's still fucked up because a lot of people you know um the dining hall workers their union if you leave for a few days like i remember i don't want to like spread this around like because i talked to the the one worker about it but you know people are just getting laid off they're being disrespected by their managers 100 yeah I, I i mean i hear some conversations sometimes between the workers and they have a lot to say you know what i mean like a lot of issues within that and I'm, you know obviously i don't really know the ends and outs of that but um yeah i mean i i hear like some you know mistreatment things and, and stuff like that but i'm not obviously i'm not going to confirm anything because i don't really know right yeah. like what i found out was just that in general like even the vegan foods don't have access to vegan foods like they put cheese in there they kind of cut it with butter sometimes um rats and mold get into the food like these things happen in restaurants but for workers to be working like 15 hour shifts 16 yeah, hour shifts it's a lot it's a lot I'm like, how much are you really getting paid to be here? It's important to just like put everything that happens in this country into a context. And even at Emerson College, we're not immune to, you know, the carelessness for our livable conditions. And accountability needs to be taken. I mean, that's something huge that's like overlooked all the time. Right. Um, and yeah, accountability is huge. Um, one thing that I did want to sort of close off on um, was what advice would you give to, um, you know, anyone who wants to get involved in activism, but is sort of feeling hesitant um, or, or unsure how to actually get started. Yeah, I mean, it's the job of the activist to lower the bar as much as possible, make it as low risk, easy access as possible to be an activist. You know, just even if it's just stepping out your door, that's that's the job of activists. Um, but at the end of the day, Think of it almost as something that you have to do, like our First Amendment right, the right to protest. If you don't exercise it, it's going to get all weak. I exercise my right to protest so much that I'm swole. So you got to make sure that we're doing that just because th that's what historically gets us gains. If we went 
when we win this fight against administration for raising financial aid with tuition and for getting collective bargaining on the table, that will change so much. At NYU, they show them the, uh, um, whatchamacallit, they show them the endowment. They don't show us that at Emerson College. They charge us more. They scam us out of our money. Are we going to demand accountability for them? Or are we going to keep taking it and, you know, you know, kind of do our own little work for their benefit and then keep getting drowned out? You can do both. Sign the petitions. See yeah. what we're about. If you're free, you can come to a meeting. The Financial Aid Coalition has a bunch of different organizations on campus that are involved. If you can any way, you know, speak to the representative of your organization about being the representative, coming through. If you see a tuition protest, come out, show support. If you think we're not doing enough, please go up, stand up there with the microphone and tell us and we'll scream. Yeah, you're right. Like, let's take it to the next level. Like, we're always we're always looking for ways to strike we're always looking for ways to to show administration that we have collective power and i'm i'm just inspired by the fact that we keep doing it yeah honestly even like obviously it might be like something minor but like even just by um sharing, sharing reposting th like that does help you know what i mean um and and i think um i mean i myself i'm trying to really get out there more i mean i haven't even actually gotten out there and i kind of feel like bad about that uh, <laughs> i do i do generally because um, you know, and so, sometimes I just can't and sometimes I just like hesitated to go. I, I honestly, I don't know why. So I, I support everything. I just never went. Um, and I guess that's something that I want to improve as we go forward. Um, so I appreciate everything that you're doing, Amir. You're like truly, truly. Um, it's really making a difference. Um, and um, honestly, we need more people like you that are willing to, um, you know, I, got, I would say like take risks but also just like you know putting yourself out there putting yourself in the forefront um and really battling all of this because you're really advocating for the whole school basically right now I know. um and it, that's such a heavy that's so much pressure to have on you but you're doing it so gracefully um and i really really admire that so thank you so much i appreciate you yo union starts with you so right. we need everyone bro we need professional individuals young professional black individuals yeah. like you're in a very great niche um to live in you know like you need to you know join us up you know i know you support us giving me this platform i appreciate you hopefully i we're on more podcasts in the future just some more shit yeah. together because for sure it's just great knowing you and meeting you type shit so yeah, awesome well thank it. you so much i really appreciate it um that's all for today's episode um and i hope you all enjoyed and took something out of this um and found this to be insightful because this is a very insightful and um you know inspiring human being so I hope you learned something from this. <laughs> Thank you, Daniel. All right, that's it. <laughs>